What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Melodic, and you're listening to STP Radio. Nothing you hear on this show is financial advice. What's up, everybody? I'm Chris, a.k.a. Melodic, and you're listening to STB Radio. I run this space daily. We discuss content creation, personal branding, and technology. Please leave a comment in the chat bubble. Retweet the space so we can find more friends. Let's get into it, everyone. What's that? We're discussing atomic habits, and the way this will work is... Depending on if there's any speakers or not, I mean, if you want to speak, definitely come up, but this is recorded for the podcast as well, so you could just view yourself as listening live to the podcast recording, but I'm definitely happy to have people on stage. I've been getting into Atomic Habits, the book by James Clear, and it's obviously one of the more popular books out there, but I think doing reviews like this are good for a few reasons. It, it kind of concretes the thoughts in your own mind. And people who are curious about the book or maybe perceived things differently can receive some benefit from it as well. So my plan for today was, I'm, I'm currently going, I've read the book before, but I'm currently just going through it at this point. And I figured I would just share my thoughts up till now. However long that takes is how long it takes. And if there was people who wanted to comment or anything along those lines, then feel free to request and we can kind of hash it out. And honestly, even if you want to discuss other things, no problem. Like this whole Twitter thing is worth a discussion. The algorithm and all that stuff. It's like, uh, uh, like, yeah, I have to fix my own approach to it all because it's kind of like the fact that impressions and stuff are being affected actually doesn't bother me. The part that's bothering me, honestly, is the fact that uh just so many and and you know what this is perspective like i could change my perspective and one of the things that i'm going to start doing is like that for you tab i'm literally not using that anymore i'm going to stick to the uh the following page and really just interact with the people that i'm following and be very picky and choosy like i'm going to start unfollowing people actively if they're not producing content that i want to interact with and that's just uh, I think is a fair thing. You know, people go and pr- like, here's the thing. If you want to build an audience, that's like your mission. Going private is not helping you. Like it's literally closing your account off to just the people that are following you and you're doing it solely for the engagement, which is just like so counterintuitive. So anyway, I think it's worth the discussion, but um, I could rant, and I feel like I'm complaining. I don't like complaining. Like, like when you're complaining, you're just wasting time, right? But at the same time, it's like it's something that I've noticed, and it'll, and uh, sometimes it's good just to like put your opinions out there because sometimes people have a different one, and then that can open up a dialogue and discussion, and, and that's a good thing too. But anyway, STB Radio, we're gonna cover what I've understood so far from Atomic Habits, and the thing is, like, I'm just starting it, and I have like a whole page of notes here which is pretty impressive. And the other note I wanted to make is like, you look at the people in the audience here. We have Code, Lewis, Len, Richard, and the famous and notorious Fetch, who are like, everyone here is thoughtful people. And I enjoy engaging with all their content, which, you know, is humbling to me that that people who actually use their brains come to my space, because I think that says a lot. So I'm definitely flattered that all these people are here. 
I definitely don't feel like I'm owed anything. So anytime anyone shows up, I'm really, uh, I'm really happy and excited. So appreciate you here. Definitely request if you did want to say anything. I know this is Atomic Habits. I'm just going to cover some things I learned for the podcast, but it doesn't have to be that. If you want to come up and discuss threads, personal branding, the Twitter algorithm, I'm happy to dive into that topic as well. Because it is fun to talk about because it affects us and, you know, there's things you can do to improve and get better and, and all that good stuff. But anyway, to get started, so uh, the first note that I took that I, I found very impressive, not even, I don't know if impressive is the word, but like it kind of hit me, was he said it took three years to see real impact on his baseball career after creating his positive habits. Three years. Like, and this is the thing, I feel like for myself, and if I feel this way, potentially other people feel this way as well, is that we don't, at least I, don't tend to look at anything in that long of a time frame. Like, if you don't see the result pretty much right away, it's almost as if the habit or the thing you're doing isn't helpful, right? Maybe you're creating thoughtful content on Twitter, you're putting your heart and soul into it, you've done it for six months, and you aren't seeing any real feedback or positive momentum. And that can be just, you know, that could be uh, disencouraging to you. But the reality is, until you've put in like a substantial amount of time, you know, if you put in a year, two years, three years, then it's tough to really have any uh, meaningful sample size. So that's kind of what I took from that. It's like, with all this craziness going on, and every social media platform goes through changes and there's ups and downs. It's like, just stick to your genuine self, find your strategy, stick to it, make pivots that like make sense, but don't like, um, try to like, I guess the word would be like pander to the algorithm. Like if you want to grow an audience, like find ways to do that and be consistent with it. So that was a point that I really wanted to bring up. And then the other point and I got a few, and I actually couldn't believe how many points I got within one chapter. It was actually unreal. It made me think, because I read this book, but it didn't hit me as hard as it is this time. So I found that rather interesting. But Fetch, you came up. It'll be nice to hear a voice other than mine, that's for sure. Any thoughts? Yeah, how's it going? Thanks for that beautiful introduction. You're the best. I appreciate that. <laughs> but um, well deserved. It's, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, actually, what you just said about how you read it before and it's like not hitting as much as now, that's me right now. I actually just started rereading it a few days ago and I have a totally different perspective when I read it the first time. So I'm looking at a bunch of things differently and I'm taking different things away from it. So that's pretty interesting to see. And I just wanted to touch on what you just said before about the whole time frame and how it took him three years, you know, to develop a habit. It we we tend to look at things in such a short term. Like we want instant gratification. And like if that doesn't happen, you're like, oh well I guess I'm not good at this or oh I'm a failure. But things take time. And Gary Vee, you know, he always preaches patience, patience. And we just really have to understand that you can't expect to start something and work on it for like what, a couple months and not be good at it. Like that's ridiculous. Things take years and years for people to, to get good at. And having that long-term sort of uh, mindset, I feel like is 
a game changer. And that's something I've been trying to do more often as well, instead of just looking at the short term, kind of looking at everything in a long term and see what I can do for that vision in that time. So I think that's very interesting that you brought that up. Yeah, and you make a great point. And what I take from that is, similarly to me, like reading a book when you're actively working on something that's relevant to that thing, I think it just hits harder than if you're reading it just because you want the knowledge. Like the knowledge is nice to have, but I'm starting to feel like I'm going to start choosing what I read based on what I, my, my goals are and ambitions in that time, which seems like, yeah, that's an obvious point to make, but I don't know if it's necessarily common knowledge or something that everyone does. So I definitely am going to be more precise about the, the books I read in the future being relevant to what I'm working on now. Because I think that's a big part of it. <clears throat> Lewis, you came up on stage. Why, what's on your mind, my guy? Oh my God, I said my guy. I meant to say what, what's on uh, your mind, sir? Well, what's up with saying my guy? I don't know. I, I tried it on for size the other day. And like, for me, it just like, I feel weird when I say it. So I'm trying not to say it, but I've kind of gotten myself a little bit of a habit of saying it. I I went to a restaurant once and some guy, some random person like told me that. He's like, how you doing, my guy? And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, right. It's exactly. Point. Is point so received. Um, well, did you say you read through this already? So I read Atomic Habits maybe a year or two, maybe even three years ago. Bang. And I'm now rereading it and like I'm in like literally the first chapter and you wouldn't maybe I'm in like the third chapter, but like the notes I have are ridiculous. Like this is going to be a pretty intense note taking session. Yeah, so one of the things that I remember from that, because yeah, it's been a while for me too, um, is there is a point in the book where it talks about how your fears like usually we 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 just stop ourselves from from moving forward and doing something that we want to do um because of this thought that we have that um maybe we're going to get rejected or maybe we're not good enough or whatever just any out you know exterior uh factor that we can't control um but really it's it's all in our head so we're we're stunting our growth because of this thing that may not even be so i i remember and i i've been hearing a lot of people reading this and so i'm like man i gotta go through a reread all of this because um if something like that that sticks with me all the time when i think about do i want to pursue doing something i just can't imagine how many times you know how much more if i go through it like you're doing again chris um, and, and do it intentionally and write down all the things that, you know, just hits me at that time. Um, I'm in a different place in my life today, right? Compared to where reading it two years ago. So, um, but yeah, I, I thought that that thing about fears is, is just, it's truly a, an amazing thing that I, that it's it stuck with me through this whole Twitter journey because it, I never wanted to, or I wanted to speak on spaces, but I never, I thought, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to articulate what I want to say, or are people going to get bored when I'm, when I'm speaking? And those are all things that could very well be true, but 
could also not be true, right? And and the ultimate thing is that unless you try it, you won't find out. If you end up getting boring, well, guess what? You learn by you see people starting to step away. They start leaving the the conversation repeatedly, and then you just adjust. It's not one of those failure things, and you just oh, you're not good enough. If anything, well, okay, so I just learned that I'm not good enough. Or the people, what I'm talking about is not interesting enough. Or maybe it is, but it just goes on for too long. And so I pivot. I just take note of those things and, and use it to improve moving forward. Um, you know, uh, the, but instead, what I think the average person does, and I've been guilty of doing this myself, is I just look at what is the thing that I want to do. And I then go, okay, what are the, all the bad things that could happen? And then I stop there which is the worst thing I could do for myself, for my own growth, right? So um, I think, yeah, that's one of my favorite things from, from reading that. Yeah, I liked all the points you brought up. And one thing that I, I really liked, it's like you may be born to some people, but not others. Like it, as long as you're getting better at the thing you're doing on, I think that's the key. And I would also say most things aren't black and white. Like in life, like we like to look at things black and white because it's easier to understand. But I'll also say like most of life is living in the gray, right? Like it's almost there's a lot of perspective and nuances that should be discussed that sometimes aren't. Because like what is boring on Twitter spaces if half the audience enjoys you and the other half audience doesn't? It's like this weird kind of um, thought process exercise to go through. I'm going to bring up Ken here. Or sorry, Ken. Oh, my God. Len. This is what I mean. You're right. Like, like definitely don't have any fears about how you're perceived because I butcher names every day since, since I host and I make all kinds of mistakes. But I show up and I, I think that's really what um, people respect at the end of the day. But Len, you requested. Was there anything on your mind? Anything you wanted to say? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Y'all can hear me fine, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, just... Lewis's comment with uh, regard to people leaving the room. Um, just keep in mind, they might be leaving the room because they're at work. Somebody walked in the room as I am currently sitting here at work and felt the need to chime in and share that little tidbit. Just, you know, it's not always a reflection of, you know, <clears throat> your point or what you're discussing or the length of time or whether or not you stumble upon your words. But it's very much a matter of other people got other shit going on, right? So um, just wanted to share that tidbit. No, I think that's a really good point. And actually, I think lack of context is something that we all need to be aware of, especially on social. Just because a certain account is large, gets a lot of engagement, doesn't necessarily mean that person is like super happy in their life and everything's all hunky-dory. Similarly, if you're in spaces and, and people leave the room, it doesn't mean that you're doing a poor job. Like, I think understanding that we really don't understand what's going on on the other end of the screen and we don't have context on everyone's situation is super important to keep in mind. So I really, uh, that point is definitely well received. Code, your hand went up and then we'll head up Lewis. Yeah, good morning, um, GM. Um, GM. But, um, so, um, all right, so to piggyback off of that, Here's, um, I try to be as transparent as possible. So here's the thing. So some people want to align with your content. Some people will. But 
here's what I told people yesterday. A no right now is not a, like, it's just a no right now. It could be a yes in the future. So, like, <clears throat> don't be offended if somebody doesn't follow you or something like that because maybe you just didn't say anything that they align with right now. It's not to say that somebody just doesn't fuck with you, but sometimes that is the case. But um, I think that needs to be said as well because if people get offended and shit like that, and I'm like, bro, like, if it doesn't align right now, it just doesn't align. Like, I don't, I don't know why you're getting offended. Like, people align with what their purpose is in life. This is reality. But, um, yeah, I, I'm fucking with what y'all talking about. I really like that perspective. That's, like, a very healthy lens to look through life on. And I think if you actually live your life by that lens, like, that is uh, incredible. And I think it definitely aligns with the overall message in Atomic Havoc. So, um, I really like what you said there, Code, a lot, actually. Uh, Lewis, and then we'll head up to Fetch. Yeah, no, I was just going to add to respond to Len there. It, it's, fun, it's funny you said that because uh, when I first popped into the space, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to go up to speak because I'm working from home and occasionally I'll get work calls. Um, and and so I was like, there's a chance that I might have to leave. And so I don't know if I'm even going to join. I, I clicked on the space and didn't click on start listening before, you know, after a couple of minutes. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to go in. And if I have to go, I'm here all the time. I'll pop in when I when I see it and I can. So he'll understand. No sweat. <laughs> and then when I was like, all right, Fest jumped up. I'm like, well, I'm going to do it too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go up and chat with them. Um, but again, there's a chance that in talking, I'll get a phone call. I might have to have to leave. So I, I think it's, it, it's one of those that if I'm living it, it's hard. Like sometimes I forget to put myself on the outside and be like, that could be me. So uh, I'm glad you, you brought that up, Lynn. That's a good reminder. Appreciate that. That's a great point. And this is one of the benefits of the smaller rooms, I would say, too. It's like, like, I know you're here all the time. I know you're a supporter. So, like, anytime you leave, my assumption would be is, like, there's something else you have to do. And even if it's, like, another room, like, maybe there's someone in another room that you really want to hear. And, like, that's cool because you're here, like, all the time supporting. So, um, I, I like that point. What's up, Fetch? Yeah, that's what I was just going to piggyback off of what uh, Len said, too, and Lewis, how, like, for me right now, I'm on my lunch break. So if something, someone comes in and pops up and says they need me and I have to, you know, just bounce from the room, like, I'll try and be back, but I, I can't really control that. So that was an example for, like, yesterday. I didn't request to speak for a while because I knew someone was going to come in. Uh, but anyway, like we, what Lewis was saying earlier, the first time he came up, um, something I thought was interesting when he was talking about fears and the thoughts that we tell ourselves, our limiting beliefs are so huge. Um, we, we just put these beliefs inside of our head, even from when they're from when we were so young and we just constantly, constantly think about that. And that just basically, it just our whole world revolves around them and we really need to dive into those. And it takes a while to figure out one, what our limiting beliefs are two, and then just kind of extracting them and figuring out if, if you ask this question to yourself, like, is this 100% true about me? And if it's not, it's, it's not, you just disregard it. Like I know, I know it's hard to, hard to do, but I broke down a lot of my limiting beliefs and then 
I kind of started making like affirmations toward them. Like one of my limiting beliefs is that was that uh, I'm an awkward person. And then I broke it down and I was said to myself, is this 100 percent true? I mean, sometimes, yeah, it's true, but uh, not 100 percent of the time. So then something I tell myself whenever this pops up, I think I am I am like uniquely beautiful, like my uniqueness makes me beautiful. So it's just really breaking down those thoughts and then trying to spin something positive around that. So I really like what he said about that. And then something else I wanted to comment on what uh, Code was saying about not to get offended. Completely true. Not everyone is going to like you. (laughs) And you have to understand that. Like you're not going to be fit for certain people and you know, you don't like every single person. So you kind of got to Uh, Just think about that, have that in the back of your head all the time. So I I like what you said about the limiting beliefs, because that's a big one for basically everybody. I mean, I think at at some level, everybody would have something, you know, in that realm that would be true. And I think your limiting beliefs can be attached to your identity and your habits, which aligns perfectly with what I'm learning about. In, atom- in atomic habits and one of the, the the points in there is like decide who you want to be which is like kind of a cheesy line as itself but as you break it down it becomes a little bit more more clear which once you think of the thought exercises it makes more sense so it's like what is it what is who is the type of person who could get the results that i want so if you feel like you're awkward maybe you, you think of yourself as like like a radio host or you think yourself as like a TV anchor, like, like that's how I think of myself. And then you start making decisions around that thing. Like if you're a radio host, like what are things that a radio host would do? And then you start doing like, okay, well maybe I'm going to practice speaking and maybe I'm going to host every day. Maybe I'm going to pick up writing. And like you actually change your literal identity and things that you attribute to yourself, which is like, a pretty powerful exercise if you actually implement it and for like myself it's like okay do i want to be like for me it's like kind of a broad thing but it's like what would a successful person do and like to me it's a successful person is someone that is just like overall pretty happy you know so it's like do you want to do like anytime you have a choice of like a or b it's like running that script on every decision and it really creates a lot of clarity and it actually um, I would say over time you create evidence that you are this thing. And I like that concept because it goes away from the idea of working towards goals, which is never ending and goes towards working towards decisions and making processes rather than just a goal, which is kind of a, an interesting thought exercise as well. So what this is about, it's like, what processes do you have in place that will ultimately lead to your goals versus just focusing on your goals? So that's the thought exercise that I really enjoy and I've been doing lately. And I think that you can have a lot of returns on that. Maybe you want to win a championship, but what are the processes in place that you have that you can focus on that may end up getting you that championship someday? And I think that is something that is very uh, kind of fun to think about. But Lewis, I see your hand up over there. What's going on? Man, so you said you said success and and what you think it is, and I've been thinking about this. I was talking to my wife the other day about it. Is I, I'm trying to kind of figure out what other, everybody's, and I think everyone's 
definition of it is going to be different. Um, but what I think of success, I'm like peace, you know, inner peace and joy, right? Happiness, I feel, um, which I think I know what you meant by it, but happiness, I feel, is is a, a feeling you feel in at a moment. Um, but I feel if you're joy within, if you're joyous within, you can be sad at one point, but still be, you know, joyful on the inside um, because of whatever happens. So I don't know. And so when I think of um, I want to be successful, I think no matter what's going on in my life, um, I want to feel joyous and at peace at where I'm at. So I'm just curious as to what you guys think. And when you think, you know, I'm sure everyone in this room wants to be successful, um, kind of where, where does your head go around that? So I like that question a lot, and it'd be interesting to hear from Code and Fetch. Um, but I'll, I'll say success to me is having autonomy over my time and doing things I enjoy every day. And they kind of go hand to hand. And when I don't have those things, those are like core values of mine. When I don't have those things, I'm deeply unhappy and depressed. And I, I, I caught on to that maybe five years ago, and I put all of my effort and time into creating that reality so on a daily basis, I would say I feel a quite a bit of joy and I, I feel like I'm successful because those are things that I've achieved in my daily life. But Fetch, I don't know if you're able to speak. You could maybe give what success means to you. Yeah, no, <laughs> you said it perfectly. Basically, doing something that I just love and enjoy and just makes me happy. And then what Lewis was saying about joy, like, joy is seriously just so important. Like it just really just sets a tone for like being positive throughout your day. And it really just affects like everything, your whole mental health, emotional, physical, all that stuff. And I feel like if you're living a more joyful life, you're just going to be living a more fulfilling life. Uh, but yeah, success, that's, I, I feel like when I'm extremely successful, I'm very happy and uh content when I what I'm doing and just living what basically I would say spending my time how I want to spend it not having to really uh care what others you know are thinking about me having to do things for others just yeah basically that <laughs> that makes a lot of sense and I also would say that I don't know if it's a cough if it's a like a common exercise to even think about like what happiness or success really is to you is it's kind of programmed in culture as like this narrative that's painted for us. It's like the American dream is success and happiness and like working towards that is the fun part, I guess you could say. But like when you live the American dream and you're living that life, like it seems like everyone around you receives the biggest benefit of it. And you get to enjoy your part of the pie when you're 65, which seems like a strange concept to me, but I mean, that's just uh, my uh, tinfoil hat potentially at that point. Code, I don't know if you're available, if, if you wanted to uh, pipe in on that. No pressure either way. Yeah, so definitely the autonomy. Like, I think that's most important, like being able to maximize all of my time. So um, I think that's most important where I'm trying to get to. But um yeah, just doing something I'm passionate about, not something that's just a nine to five and stuff. Like I know people do it as a stepping stone and um, people have to do it because people have to do it and live 
but uh, ultimately getting to the point where I don't have to listen to anybody and just do collaborations, um, basically. Like, that's what I want to do. Do what I want to do, what I'm interested in, because it won't feel like work at that point. So at that point, that's going to be my career, doing what I want. <laughs> like, um, to put it basic, kind of like on some Gary V shit, like, he's just doing whatever the fuck he wants, like, started with doing wine and shit like that, and now he's just able to fucking do NFT shit, and then, like, not chill, but, like, he has more available chill time than a lot of us because of the autonomy of uh, his success. Yeah, I think what you're what you're alluding to in a way, just like, and it's kind of an entrepreneurial mindset. Like, when I have to do things for my business, I don't. It doesn't bother me because, like, I get to do it when and how I see fit for the business, which like gives you that freedom. Like, feeling that I have no control over how I spend my time is like the worst case scenario for me. Like, other people actually really like that. That structure is actually programmed into them, and they thrive on it. Right? I I was like. I think people who strive to be entrepreneurs just aren't necessarily built that way. And it's, uh, it, it can be a challenge to overcome. You definitely put yourself in tricky situations. You know, maybe you should stay at the job a little bit longer, but you're just feeling like, uh, so bad, I guess you could say that you just can't, um, can't do that. So there's definitely pros and cons to that mindset, but I definitely am a buyer and believer of that for sure. So, I guess getting back into the, the atomic habits, some of the lessons, and if any of these kind of resonate, definitely feel free to pipe up, raise your hand, or just start speaking, and we'll kind of get through this. We're at 30 minutes. The goal today is 45. Um, so small changes over time seem unimportant, but com- compound over years to big changes. I feel like that's something that we kind of um, discussed anyway. Positive habits lead to a positive life. That seems pretty straightforward and obvious, but... And um, when you break it down, the reverse is also true. So you can kind of map, like, like, like that gives you a framework to map about maybe why you're unhappy in certain areas of your life probably leads to potentially some poor habits, you know, like maybe even in, like watching, you sit down, watch TV, that's no problem, but maybe you can steal 20 of those minutes to do something, uh, run on the treadmill or whatever. So there's a, there's a mapping you can do there. Uh, two years of writing in his niche, James Clear, turned into 30K subscribers, but it was very slow at first. So I think that's a good lesson too, like exponential growth. It's like some things take time, but the one starts picking up pace, it can really snowball. So I liked that lesson as well. Uh, habits are compounded like interest of self-improvement. So that's an interesting opinion too. It's like you start building one good habit, you stick with it, and from that habit, you'll actually build additional positive habits. And if you're able to stay consistent and disciplined over time, you've built up this framework of just like really positive habits. And I think a good example of that could be like, if you start, this is just like the low hanging kind of fruit, like the easy one that comes to mind. It's usually like the gym is just like an easy kind of thought experiment. But you start going to the gym, you stick with it. The reality is when you're feeling good, looking good, you probably are just naturally going to want to eat better. So you're probably going to gravitate towards a better diet. And then once you get the better diet, that's going to help maintain your fitness regime. And then you're feeling good. Maybe you start picking up some other positive habits like 
just showing gratitude is easier at that point because you feel good. And once you start showing gratitude, you put yourself into that feedback loop of love where like you're showing all these people love, it's coming back to you and just like this compounding effect. But it like it takes time. Like you got to put yourself in a position to reap those rewards. So um, some thought experiments that I think are, are kind of, um, you know, good things to kind of think on. There's definitely no harm in, in putting some of the stuff to the test. The current trajectory of your life is more important than the current result. I mean, that just speaks for itself. That's just like a, a really nice moral compass to live by. Uh, knowledge builds like compound interest. I mean, that's similar to what we're talking to. And I keep in mind, I'm like 30 minutes into this book. And, and this is my notes. So it's um, it's definitely a book that's worth going back and like slowly digesting and, and taking a lot of points and then reviewing. Like I didn't want to do like a, an Atomic Habits book talk after the entire book because that would probably be six hours. So breaking it into little segments, having discussions, I think is kind of a nice thing. Habits that seemingly aren't making any difference potentially for months until you reach a tipping point, like delayed gratitude or delayed gratification. So that's, yeah, that's kind of what we were speaking to earlier. And I think that's a really good thought for people on Twitter and content creators. It's like you're creating all this content. You're creating all this content and you don't feel like you're getting anywhere with it. But you're so close to that tipping point because as you're creating content, you're actually getting better at it. And there will be a point where you get to that tipping point and something hits and everything changes for you. And I think that's something that as a content creator myself, I need to keep in mind is just like stay disciplined, stay consistent, keep learning. And eventually it might take one year, it might take two, but you will help, you will hit that tipping point And that is the goal. I really like that as well. Um, if anyone has anything uh, they want to add, like definitely just pipe up or throw your hand up. It's, it's really no problem at all. Good systems, which lead to good results. That was, I kind of dove into that a little bit too. And I put this side note. I'm just going to say it out loud before actually reading it. If you forgot your goals and only focused on the process, what would happen? If a sports team focused on running efficient practices, shooting hoops, Will they likely have a shot of achieving the overall goal of winning championships? This thought takes you from looking at purely goals and makes you look at systems. So yeah, that's a nice note. That's a that was a quality note. I, I like that. What's up, Code? Yo, so <clears throat> I see that you <clears throat> transitioned to um, video content, um, which is dope. So I was gonna ask. Have you been like researching others or like stuff like that, like uh, experiment with jump cuts and stuff? Because I see that with your video, it's like it's kind of like you're doing like a live stream in a sense, where it's like just I don't I don't know if it's like um, jump cut edits, like from what I'm seeing. So it's funny you bring that up. So as I'm speaking here, I'm I have my Apple Watch and my iPhone set up, and I'm like I'm hitting stop and start on clips. This is the first time I've done that. So I'm going to try to potentially use these daily podcasts or, or spaces that I'm doing to create content. But all the videos I made in the past, like my things, I need this to be sustainable and I need this to be enjoyable. Those are like absolute pillars. If any of it feels like like work and unenjoyable, it's going to be like sometimes you got to work through it. I get that. But like it needs to be enjoyable. So this I enjoy. And if I can take clips from this, that's really beneficial. But everything I've created up till now 
is just I sit down with my phone and I just record it. So it's not live. It's and I I have like a teleprompter with the words on it. So like it's 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 well it's not well thought out, but it's thought out and planned. So it's definitely not like I'm not clipping anything in that sense for, for what I've done so far. So I want to combine the two. But the videos that I'm posting currently are literally just paragraphs from my articles. So I'll, I'll write an article up, then I'll copy paste, literally copy paste just one paragraph from that article, which will turn into like in that one article will turn into like four different um, like Instagram reels or TikToks or whatever. So I've just, I've just been running that strategy. I'm trying to like the whole thing I'm just trying to do is like create one piece of long form content and break it down into a bunch of short form content, right? That's the Gary V model. Yeah, and so okay, I had a, I was actually going to wonder about that cuz I remember that like 2 years ago, maybe 3, or maybe it was 2, or maybe even more than that, he released like a PDF, like a content creation PDF. And I wanted to go find it and read it because I was wondering like is this where I got that from? Because I haven't read it, but I definitely was like really hard on his content a few years back and I never did. It. And I wonder if like subliminally it's stuck in my brain and now it's just being released. But I want to look that up. But I'm glad you asked with the videos and I'm glad you noticed because, you know, it's a fun thing for sure. And I do feel that like a lot of these social media, like video, I just feel like video is going to take over Twitter. Like it's, it's, already taken over instagram it's obviously huge on tiktok i mean youtube's putting all their money into shorts and like i have fomo on it so i'm just trying to learn it i've never been good at it but i'm, I'm really trying stuff fetch yeah sorry to go away from atomic habits real quick but i just wanted to comment on the video i i love that you're starting to do video content um and the whole what you what you because you have that strategy i know we already talked about it before how you're taking one thing and just repurposing it into a bunch of different other things whether it be tweets now videos like you said like i'm sure that's extreme like it's a lot better for your time too because you know exactly what you're doing with it so that's that's pretty cool i just want to comment on that and i'm actually want to start doing some more video stuff myself but i i'm trying to learn learn more every day a little bit about it until you know i can do put out a semi okay video you know but i just wanted to comment on i really think you're making a good decision with doing the video content because i think too that it's it's probably going to pop off soon as well do you feel like it's giving you a bit of a new me uh understanding of repurposing because like until now i thought of repurposing as like you take a tweet, you screenshot it, and then you post it on Instagram, and like that is repurposing, or you post that on LinkedIn, and like it's just like the same thing everywhere, which is fine. Like something like that actually works for a lot of like tweets as screenshots work really well on a lot of platforms. But the mythology is more what I'm referring to. Like, do you feel when you take a long piece of content, break it down into smaller pieces, that is repurposing it? Like, is that how you thought of repurposing before you found out about this strategy, Fetch? Yeah, well, probably in part because I listened to Gary Vee a lot, too. So I knew what he said about how you can take something, you know, like a long form content, like exactly what you're doing and break it down. Like, for example, like in podcasts, um, you have that nice long form content in podcasts, but then you could break down certain clips into reels and then you can, you know, maybe make tweets, you know, from the quotes and different things like that. So 
that was my, like, that's what I thought about it uh, going into it. So I kind of agreed what with you, what you said about it. Okay, fair enough. So with like, so I, I obviously have a lot of recordings, podcasts, stuff like that. But I still and always have struggled with the repurposing of the podcast. The clips make sense make make sense to me as the, the audio clip. Getting it transcribed makes sense to me as well. But when I see a podcast that's recorded live and they use that clip, I mean that to me is like the gold standard. They they're like they're fun to watch. But it, I haven't seen a lot of like if you aren't taking video to repurpose the the content in a video format. I haven't seen a whole lot of content that I've seen really go viral or like work really well as like a template. So that's one thing I'm still looking forward to, you know, like you can put like, you know, I've seen that short, some people on crypto Twitter make that stuff, which is fun to watch. Like they do a good job, but I've yet to see like a certain template or style of it, like really take off and be sustainable. So that's like the one thing. There's an app called headliner.app that I've used. And it'll turn clips into, into captions and it can have like, you know, the, the picture of the person with like an audio like graph, you know, as they speak. But it's not it's, it's still not that interesting. Right. So that is a, definitely an area that I would like to um, learn how to make interesting because I have a lot of content. If I could find a good template, I would use that. But the reality is time is of the essence and I can't necessarily sit there for six hours doing all these clips. Uh, which is kind of where I, I struggle a little bit for sure. But anyway, that's that. I, I, I'm happy you brought that up, Code, because I, I enjoyed talking with that stuff for sure. Um, and I guess I'll just continue on here for, we'll just give another five minutes, and then I'll end the recording for the podcast. And if anyone else wants to like uh, chat with anything else, completely random, feel free. I'm also recording this on my other phone, which battery apparently is horrible on, it's getting pretty low, so that's a problem. But anyway, fall in love with the system versus the result. I think that's so key. Like that, I'm having, I'm actually having an existential crisis right now because on Twitter, like it to me, no one's doing that, and it's like fucking with me because I'm so, like I'm reading and I'm consuming all this content, and I'm really being influenced by people who are really just after the vanity and. I don't know. I got to like control my own mind. That's something I really got to work on. I want to find a way. So here's the thing. It's like, I, I really want to like just follow the people that I really care about and people who are supporting each other, people in this audience. But like Twitter legit barely shows me any stuff from anyone in the audience here. Like I have to go searching for it all the time. I'm constantly just being fed engagement farming, meaningless content. Like some of the memes I enjoy, they're funny. Like I like that stuff. And it's like, it's actually kind of depressing. So I have lists, I checked a list, but the other problem is a lot of people that I really like are trying to grow their accounts and it's just all replies. So it's like, I'm like, I really want to like support these people, but it's also very hard when all the homies are just replying all day, which I appreciate, like you should be doing that, but it's like, we need a way to get the content, the, the actual posts from people that we want to support without having to like, sift and filter through all this stuff what's up lewis chris have you have you messed with tweet deck at all yeah yeah i have it i've used it on on the website it's like it's a new it's definitely a different layout is is that something that would be possible on tweet deck 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can filter all those things on SweetDeck. You can, like, exclude. I don't know, a lot of people have issues with, um, they want to see what someone's posting, but they're seeing all their retweets, too, and they don't necessarily want to see that. Um, and so you can you can do a lot of different combinations of filters. Okay, that and would be a game. If you're right about this, which I really, really hope you are, I'm going to assume you are, game changer for me. Like, absolute game changer. You'll yeah, see me in yeah. all your posts. The second you post that shit, I'll be there, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah. So I can I see on here, it says retweets excluded. So oh my included. god, bro! Can you write a thread on this? Like that is such a good thread topic. It's like, is your timeline literal shit? <laughs> like, here's how to get the content you love. Tweet deck. Here's what you do. Like that. It's it's just raw value. I really appreciate that feedback. I'm yeah. gonna. Yeah. Hundred percent, set that up. It works uh, to kind of go over stuff like this, but yeah, I figured I'd just shoot that out to you because I, I I had the same problem and I got to the point where I had to just figure something out and and so when I saw this, uh, it's been life changing for me. Yeah, that's huge. So if you didn't if you if you didn't quite catch that, you can use TweetDeck to filter out the replies and retweets for the accounts that you want to follow. So is it that you could essentially make a list and in that list, you would only see the posts that people make? Is that yeah. fair to see? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to hop on that, but I did notice that Dank joined big fan of her spaces. And I noticed that we got crayons in the audience who is a legend Love to see that. We're just having an open discussion here. I'm just kind of rattling off some of the things that I've learned recently through Atomic Habits. I'm in the third chapter, taking some notes, and as things come up, people are making points and whatever. I mean, it's probably a little bit boring, but selfishly, I'm learning a lot and solidifying some of the, the stuff in my head. So hopefully that rubs off a little bit on other people as well. What's the next point here? Um, focus on building identity-based habits. Who do you want to become? So we discussed that a little bit earlier. That's uh, an interesting thought exercise when you start building your habits around the kind of person you want to be versus focusing on the goals. So I really like that. But my homie Crayons just came on stage. Did you come up because you're something you wanted to say or you're just ready to hit that speak button because you know something fire is coming? You actually, uh, <laughs> both, LOL. Um, I, uh, I, you actually just answered the question that I was going to ask you. Um, I've read Atomic Habits last year, and it was a watershed moment in my life where I just felt like someone turned the light switch on in the room of like all the things that I had been just craving, tools that I've been craving to just like elevate myself. Uh, productivity emotions all that stuff and i was it's been a, it's been a year since i read it so some of those things have escaped me and i was going to ask you where you're at what chapter you're on and where what we're talking you know what you're talking about today and then you just read my mind and answered it so that was that was it so um i'm gonna mute my mic and let you keep talking because this is this is like i love this stuff man I'm, i love this talking about it in this space awesome topic today well i'd say that like Spaces like this 
aren't common, at least from my perspective, where it's just people that are like the educational spaces. I just I admire them so much. I really love it. I'd like to see more of them. And I, so I definitely uh, appreciate that. And Kranz, I think for you, this would make a lot of sense. And like I'm having like you had that moment. I, like I read this book years ago, but I wasn't necessarily like building anything. I was kind of in a phase of like just like the self-help junkie going through books. So it, it didn't quite hit the same but now that I'm really trying to like express my creativity through my writing, making videos and all that stuff, it, it's all making a lot more sense, more sense. Sorry. Like reading the, the war of art, which was like, whoa. And then reading this is just like a kind of like a one, two combo that really hits. And I think one of the points that like when I read it, I immediately thought of like DJs and, and producers and, and people like yourself. It's like, getting yourself in a position where you're not focused on the goal. Like maybe your goal isn't, you know, I want to be number one on the, on the hit charts, but it's like, I want to be in love with the literal process. Cause every time you hear someone's path to success, they were never like, yeah, I just kept, I kept trying to please people. Like that isn't the road that I hear about often. It's like, honestly, I just love doing it. And eventually it hit like, it's basically that simple. So yeah, that's, um, I don't even know if I had an overarching point there, but I just feel like you probably love making music. And if you have that love, things tend to work out eventually. Yeah. And you, you, you did make a good point there. Um, and totally, uh, read through, you know, my, what, what I want. Um, that helped me develop this idea about developing behavior, a behavior mindset instead of a goal mindset. And, um, I didn't really get it until that book, um, said it and I, and I did the audio book version. So I was, I had the, I like it when the authors read, I feel like they, um, they italic and bold and underline with their voice, particular things that as a reader, especially with my schedule that I don't always get. And then when someone else reads the book, it's just. I feel like that's a celebrity thing. Like, Oh, Sean Connery's reading it. Like, cool. But, um, I really got a lot of value out of that because it, for, for once in my life, I had been a goal guy. I had been a list and a goal and a bullet point guy. And I just felt completely unfulfilled. And when I got to the goal, I was like, now what? And I just didn't have the motivation or energy or inspiration or joy or any of that stuff. And this really helped me, uh, um, identify that sort of that uh, I'll say lowercase f flaw because I don't like self-deprecation I don't believe in negative self-talk but that flaw in myself and it helped me identify how to adjust it to my personal way that my brain works uh, the way that my heart and my motivation works and to have a behavior mindset was something that I was like yeah that's exactly what I needed to hear. And then I was able to then go back and sort of with a chainsaw deconstruct all of the, the things that I had built up that, that I thought were serving me, but they turned out to not be serving me and just a phenomenal way of um, addressing not just the music stuff in my life, but all the other behavior, you know, other types of behavior that when I read that book, that's when I started waking up at 5 a.m because I wanted to be, I wanted to have the behavior of the type of people that do the kinds of things that they do. And I realized that one of their behavioral traits was not staying up till 2am and doing that sort of thing. So instead of doing late studio sessions, 
I started putting a cap on the amount of the amount of times people could book me in the studio. And unless it was a special event, like there's yeah, there's special moments where I'll say, OK, we'll go to 11 or 12 or if we're really cooking in the kitchen like it'll go late. But for the most part, you know, I'm a I'm a 5 a.m. to 9 to 10 p.m. kind of guy in the studio, in my teaching that I do for UCLA and uh, uh, Mount Sac and um, with my diet, like everything completely radically changed for me. And it, I point all back to this book, helping me identify that stuff. So you're you couldn't be more spot on, Chris, that um, this like. <laughs> It's, I don't know the metaphor, but this is my jam. Like, this is 100%. It's, I feel like it was written for me, although everybody in this room that, that is throwing 100s up, I know that y'all feel the same way for your own particular behavioral mindsets, for your own particular, you know, life plan. So that was, that was long, went longer, but yeah, that was my, that was my take on, on that. No, I really love the take. Uh, I, you know, um, sometimes spaces like this, I do a lot of speaking and I always appreciate when I get to do some listening because that's when you do the most learning. So I'm always happy when people, people speak. And I will say there's a few things that it made that when you were speaking, it made me think of uh, one of which is I, I actually only do audiobooks for basically all the same reasons. Like the most recent David Goggins book, like in between each chapter, like have like a little podcast or the dialogue back and forth, which you wouldn't get otherwise. And like sometimes there's little stories in between. And but I try to take an like I'm now I'm now trying to take notes while I, I'm listening because it really helps uh, like the things be a little bit more concrete when you can discuss them. And I even now I use it for con for content. It's like I'm I'm using everything now for content. Like I'm listening to a book, I'm learning, I'm writing it all down, and then I'm making literal posts about it. But I like that because it brings people together who I, I resonate with. But um, he brought the concept of unlearning, which was like, I've never heard that before. Even though I read the book, I still haven't heard it. So that's funny. But the idea that you have to like unlearn things and always evolve was like an, an interesting concept. And thinking of yourself as a kind of person, like that is just so simple to do, but so big. Like once you wrap your head around it, like, my car is always messy and like now I'm thinking it's like here's the thing when you hop in someone's car unfortunately or fortunately like you can tell probably a lot about them just by the state of their car for good or bad like whatever that may like it does it doesn't mean anything good or bad it's just a fact so like I was thinking like what would someone think about if they just hopped in my car like I want to be the kind of person that when you hop in their car they're impressed so I was like I want to be that kind of person so I need to think of a process that I put in place to ensure that that's true. Okay, what does that look like? Okay, every time I leave my car, I'm going to bring everything with me. Every single time, whatever's in there, I'm bringing it all with me. Just like a very simple process that creates the effect, like it creates the thing. So like I'm now building evidence that I'm the kind of person who would have a clean car. And it's like a very simple and silly thing, but it's like a easy way to wrap your head around how you could apply that to like so many other things. Like if you want to be the kind of person who exercises, okay, well, what does that look like? And they also gave the example of like asking yourself questions before you make decisions. If they're like kind of like A or B, it's like, I want to be a person who's in shape. And then you have the, the question of, do you take the stairs or the elevator? Like that's an easy one. Oh, I'm obviously going to take the stairs. I want to be that kind of person. So those are just some like overarching takeaways where I'm at. And I say chapter three, because that's where I think I'm at. But I honestly, I have no clue 
really where I'm at because it is an audiobook. Like, I think I'm at chapter three, but at the end of the day, I'm just listening and taking notes and uh, doing it that way. But yeah, I don't know. Yo, I love that you brought up the car because I was that, that I've not from Atomic Habits. I had, I had, I had already crossed that bridge. But um, there were other things for me that were fundamentally, you know, and he does what's great about that book is he he I I'm a big tool person. So if you can give me tools, if you can give me practical, functional tools that aren't so myopic and, and specific that I can I can apply them to my life. You know, they're not Chris's tools, but they're functional tools that a person can use or her or his life. Um, that's something that I just really sink my teeth into. But um the car thing, I was that guy for such a long time, Chris. It, it probably heralded back. I used to smoke cigarettes. I don't smoke anymore. I've been, I've been cigarette and tobacco and smoke-free for a really long time. Um, but um, I used to smoke in my car, and I used to have, like, my go to drive, you know, drive-through, drive-through bags, and then, like, tapes and CDs, and date, totally dating myself. But, like, um, you know, just my car was full of stuff. I was like, hold on, let me just move stuff around. And it's just something clicked in me when I got in other people's cars. Like you said, I was like, and again, no judgment. This isn't about people being bad or moral or ethically things about what matters to a person. And for me, it mattered for some weird reason. It mattered to me that when I got in my car and people got in my car, I wanted to not have to keep shifting things around. I kind of wanted to be that guy. And I was like, how do I do that? And you said the exact thing that I started with. I started with just schlepping all of the stuff that was inside the car into the inner space. And then, then it was about, okay, now I've got this pile on my kitchen counter, or I've got this pile on my, in my dining room. Now, now I need to figure out how to be the kind of person that organizes my space a little bit better. So what does that look like? And, you know, I just started pulling at that thread and realized how tangled there's a phrase called tangled skein. And it heralds back to the days when people used to knit and the skein would be the thing that as the threads would come in, if there was too much coming in, they would get tangled and it would completely stop the the weaving process. And so that metaphor is is used and I use it in my life often to describe situations that I'm in that are difficult to see a solution in and i describe it as a tangled skein and it starts with pulling on a thread and then sort of slowly unwinding that knot and finding out where that next uh roadblock is or that next issue is and um like i so identified when you said that i'm like yeah bro i feel you on that one um and i'm doing that methodically through different areas in my life from like i said my sleep habits I was in this space yesterday uh, that was just a phenomenal, and I I went there, Chris, because of the space I was in a couple days ago in your room, and I think um, um, not I not IV, but um, what's his name? It starts with an F. He's not Flourish. in here today. Flourish, yeah. Flourish was talking about, and you guys were talking about this thing about healthy spaces and how they could be draining and how they could be. You know, and there's a different type of drain, some, you know, positive drain, that sort of thing. And I, that for the first time, I realized that, you know, it's the Wild West out here on Twitter that I need to really be paying attention to the input 
into me and how that input affects me and what the output out of me, the resultant of that is. And that space alone put a trigger in a positive way on me to say, okay, I'm going to intentionally join these spaces that, that I have a goal for. Like, I'm not just going to go out here and, and be the, you know, the F boy of, of Twitter spaces and just randomly joining stuff, you know, and, and I'm getting to a point here, but we, there's a problem in the music business when we have a music conference, when we have an event and what winds up happening is we call it trophy throwing where everybody on stage is like, Hey, I have this many streams and I won this many Grammys and this is what I did. And this is what I did. And nothing ever gets talked about. And I realized after the space that you hosted the other day, that a lot of the places that I'm in have this situation where they're like, oh, we've got a legend in the room. And then they just it's just a bunch of trophy throwing. And it's like an, a half hour or an hour of just like I wasn't fed, like my heart wasn't fed, my brain wasn't fed, my body wasn't fed, my spirit. And so that triggered me in a healthy way. And so I joined up on this space um, and it was about biohacking and the analog version, not the. Uh, not the, um, um, uh, you know, insert chips into our brains and stuff, but like, how do we, how do we hack our natural biology to serve us better? You know, what foods are we putting in our body? How much complex sugars are we putting in our body? What is our sleep schedule? What is the thing that the, the mouth that's closest to our ears, which is our own lips, what are we saying about ourselves and to ourselves? What are we affirming and saying that we're grateful for? What are we saying that we're letting go of? Are we, you know, things like this that, and I got out of that space so fulfilled and I was like, man, I can't wait to tell Chris. Like I went into that space because I was inspired from his space and what him and Flourish were talking about. And it radically energized my day yesterday to the point where like the energy that I got from that space fed me for the entirety of my day. My days are, you know, 5 to 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. So they're pretty long days. And so I just wanted to give you some flowers for, you know, you often talk about, I'm going to do these spaces where there's a lot of people or a few people in here. And um, the value that you provide, and I, I know it's ironic that I talked about trophy throwing and I'm kind of doing that to you right now, but the value that you provide without even realizing it to the people around you is is just super awesome man like you there's been a few times that you have radically transformed the way that i want to function the way that i want to behave the way that i want to act simply by being yourself and simply by talking about the things that are meaningful to you and i really um i resonate with that and you know once again this space today about atomic habits is something that is has fundamentally transformed how i behave in my life and it has without a doubt, without exaggeration, no hyperboles here. It has, it has made my life so much better. I'm a happier person. I'm a hap- I'm a better person to be around. I'm more productive in my professional career. Uh, my human relationships are fundamentally better because I, I behave in the way that I would want to be the person that is a person of service. Like I focus a lot on, on serving people, you know, not to the point where I'm not taking care of myself, but generosity and service is like is like the two things that i wear very much on my sleeve so again long long loopy topic there but um yeah man awesome stuff well everything you just said so 
A, I want to plant the seed because I'm a, I'm a big seed planter. I did it with fetch and it worked out for me. So I'm selfish in that sense. I want to plant the seed that I think you would be a really good host or a co-host because I, I really enjoy listening to you speak. I think you have a good point of views. You can articulate yourself really well. So I think hosting or co-hosting makes a lot of sense because there's things that you're saying that people need to hear. And I think it's actually doing people around you a disservice by not doing so. So I, that is something that I would say. And like I said, those kind words really mean a lot to me. And the reality is like, I'm super grateful for what you said, because it's so here's the thing on social media, it is really easy to get caught up in metrics and thinking you need to change the world. When the reality is changing, like having a positive impact on one person is a big fucking deal because a lot of people have no positive impacts on anybody. So like if I can positively impact just one person, I mean, that means a lot to me because that is a big deal, right? So like I'm trying not to get caught up on, on metrics, which is one of the reasons I'll, I'll host them with one or two people in it because nobody's owed anything. Like I am not owed an audience. Like you have to work for it. Like you have to work for it. Like you have to get it over time and there's like the right ways and wrong ways of doing things. And um, I, I want to like, I want to, I want to walk the walk. Like I feel like there's a lot of uh, things on social media that are really inauthentic not genuine and like I don't want to be a part of what I think is the problem so I'm trying to be the opposite of that and sometimes it's hard like sometimes it is hard when you like you start a space up and maybe nobody joins for like 20 minutes and you're like geez but that's the reality like that is what it's supposed to be like because like you're learning and you're getting better and you're building that credibility and stuff like that so that is a, a point that I wanted to make and the last thing is a lot of what I say if you resonate with it, it's like we're probably on a similar uh, wavelength because most of what I say, it's like I'm just I'm still trying to drive into my own soul. It's like I'm still like I'm almost at that point and I'm just like I'm, I'm learning. Like I'm sharing what I'm learning basically and I'm still trying to drive it into my soul. And like um, those are, I guess, the final points that I would have to say. <clears throat> yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you know, the, the driving into the soul thing, I've heard you say that, articulate that in a couple different ver versions. Um and, you know, I, I, I mentioned that thing, the mouth closest to our ear is our own. And I became aware, I became aware of how much I self-deprecated. I think that's the right word, deprecated, when I, negative self-talk. Um, and I used to do it out of um, trying to be humble, but that's not what humility is. Like humility is more of a behavioral thing, not a, not a verbal thing. And um, I realized that at the end of the, at the end of those, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to either have the energy or the bandwidth or the desire, or I just wouldn't feel right. I would, sorry, my, I've got a contractor in the background fixing a, a wall. So I apologize if there's any background noise. Um, the, uh, so this thing about speaking out about things that you're trying to embed in yourself I believe that that is one of these sort of unspoken superpowers that we can all double down on. Um, if we start and not in like in, in a toxic positivity, like kind of way, like there's a, there's a limit to manifestation. Like there's a limit to that sort of stuff. And we don't have to get into quantum physics and the multiverse quite yet. I'm sure we will at some point, but we can speak on things and we can speak on things that are within our particular vibrational frequency. 
I can't say there's going to be a pink elephant in the room that's going to be dropping gold bars, but I can start talking about things that work for me. And I do the same exact thing, Chris. Like I will, I will speak on things that I want to walk into. I believe there's a future version of myself, briefly talking about the multiverse, there's a future version of myself that exists that has already crossed that bridge, that already has that behavioral trait, that already has that job, that already has that uh, personal sense of self-worth, that mental health, that uh, choosing the right, you know, whatevers. And since I know that he exists, then I know that he did certain things to get there. So I believe that on speaking on it, even when I'm questioning it, helps me develop both the courage and the strength when I'm when I'm faltering, when I'm on the edge of the abyss and I may not be able to do it, that helps me develop that more. It's like uh, going to the gym. I don't go to the gym and then one day I don't have like the physique I want. I got to clock into the gym every day. You mentioned like these spaces. You can't expect to open up a space and have, you know, 500 people in the room interested in what I'm, what you're saying, what I'm saying, because first of all, they don't know I exist or you exist. And second of all, we haven't developed and going back to atomic habits, we haven't developed the micro behaviors that then lead to these things. And he he talks a lot about um, I forget the word that he uses, but these things that appear, they're like signals or flags or something or other that we start to recognize that are the turning point between turning left or turning right, between going up and going down, not up is good and down is bad, but just like that that decision matrix. And I I, I am not just a believer in theory, but I'm a believer in practice because I've seen it work in my own life where I speak on things in a way that reveal the fact that I'm not an expert. So that's where my humility shows up um, that reveal that I'm I'm um, excited and curious. And that's where strength and courage show up. And I believe that the Venn diagram of that stuff winds up creating the neural pathways, which are at this point are non-existent because it's a new thing, the neural pathways that get us to those behavioral matrices that create the future version of ourself that actually already existed in the quantum physics multiverse as, as it is. So yeah, man, speak on that stuff because that's power, man. That's, that's superpower, 100%. Yes, I think you bring up the natural plasticity, they call it. I'm butchering that word, but I understand the the notion behind it, which is like super empowering, actually, that concept that you can really get yourself to that next point. And the other thing is like, I I definitely also, like I can already like see the future self. Like I can like see that thing, but it's like, it tells me like, you got to put in the work to get it. And like the only way you're going to get that future self is like, you got to put in the reps. That's where I get that from all the time. And another thought, this is just like a little, you know, strange thought. But the other night I was super sick. I woke up three in the morning, really sick. And like this inner voice said to me, go take um, electrolytes, go drink electrolytes. And I'm like, where did that come from? Like, where did that come from? Like, where does that like inner self dialogue that like hit you randomly with like inspiration, you know, and like, if you read like Think and Grow Rich or, or any of these books, there's like the, the infinite intelligence, like this thing. And it's like, there might, I know it's a little ho- like hokey pokey, but there's gotta be something there because like these thoughts that you never like necessarily had or these moments of inspiration, 
And as you also get more creative and you start doing your creative thing, your ideas get better. And like, it's just a very interesting thought experiment to think about like, where does this real thoughts come from? And like, how can I separate the ego from like these really rich thoughts, which honestly, this whole thing could go down a really interesting path, but like we're over an hour and crayons like my guy or my guy, God, why do I say my guy? I hate saying my guy. I think it's like not that cool for me anyway. Sir, my friend, like, yeah, I'm going to jam you because A, I'm super excited for this track, but B, like, it'd be so sick. Even if we just do one space together where we, like, dive into this kind of stuff because I think that'd be a lot of fun. But anyway, this has been a, a good episode of STV Radio. Like, I really appreciate everyone in the audience. And, like, I'm making a point of people who join these smaller spaces to hit them with a follow and turn on notifications because I, like, I really believe that supporting the supporters is, like, the number one thing we could all do. So I appreciate everyone who's tuned in. Thank you so much.